My name is Kevin, and I'm slipping down a flight of steps. I'm Michael, and I'm handcuffed to a father making a promise. And welcome to Subtitled Cinema, a podcast dedicated to non-American films. Each week, we'll be watching a film from a different country. We invite you to watch at home so you can follow along. This week, A Separation, an Iranian drama exploring the troubles of two families and their legal battles. One family dealing with an ongoing divorce, the other a miscarriage. So we've both seen this movie before, and yes. it's one of my favorite movies. I Absolutely, kinda, I kind of put it in the same echelon as Lahaine. I just love it to death. I can watch it a million times. Right, it's complex. It's rich. It's engaging. It's story first. It is story first, and it's two hours, but it never feels like no. a draw or anything. It's action, 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 baby. But it is. not in any overwhelming way. It's stressful. It's so stressful. I was so stressed out the entire sequences of like Razek coming in and being like a, a kind of overwhelmed worker who's yeah. saddled with way too much work but is yeah. definitely like like causing some fuck uh fuckus T- trouble ruckus. ruckus yeah she comes in and starts causing ruckus her and her daughter she introduces chaos tank. in his life definitely chaos <laughs> um i think she was definitely i don't think aware of what she was signing up for yeah you know she's like oh caregiver oh exactly. none of this is on her at all no. like like in saying she kind of introduces these elements that's very unfair considering how many elements were thrown on her piled yeah. on the moment she starts. Like, it's that also, was, was too know, much. sort of sensitive, you know, like taking care of someone with Alzheimer's, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's tough. And she, you know, she had to call that, like, Islamic hotline. So there's, there's hotlines oh, yeah, to call. Oh, yeah, to see then, if things are sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. talk about modernism crossing over with... It's really cool. Like, a priest Islam, is just yeah. a, a boop, boop, boop away. I mean, it's kind of... Religious expert. Not exactly, you know, the Pope. But no, it, but it's, it's someone who can weigh in. Yeah, it's like, how do I, can I clean someone who has wet right. themselves? Can I, you know, take their pants off and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in this environment? And so she's clearly did not expect that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like she says in her own words, like, it's too much work. Like, I would not have signed up for this had I known I would have to do some of these very, very sensitive, very ambiguous kind of caretaking things. Especially if they potentially clash with my, my spirituality mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. Exactly. So every character in this feels so rich and complex, yeah. each with their own set of motivations mm-hmm. and stubbornness and ideals and nobility, and all of them trying their best to navigate, which is a very, very tense knot of yeah. conflicting circumstances. I think there's definitely, I think the word ego has sort of negative connotations, but there's a certain ego that everyone's trying to protect throughout. You know, ego being sort of their moral high ground in a situation. Mm-hmm. Ego means, like, you know, the, the sort of perception they're trying to have with their loved ones. Yeah. And that sort of manifests itself in the, the particular divorce going on between the main couple, but also just the conflict that arises between really everyone, ranging from Pretty the much. tutor to the husband character of the caregiver. Mm-hmm. The kids figuring yeah. all this out. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, what you're saying makes so much sense where when you have this identity that is based around, oh, you know, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. I tell the truth. I'm honest. I'm hardworking. If you're suddenly thrown into situations and you experience events that are at odds with that identity, that's so tough because you're going to try to reconcile those differences. Yes. How can I frame what's happening to me in a way that does not completely diminish or conflict with who I see myself as? Lying was probably a pretty big not just motif, but device in this. There's a lot of white lies. There There's are a some lot smaller of, ones. You know, some some lies that, yes, while we have established in this movie that lying, you shouldn't do it under any circumstance. <laughs> you should be true to yourself and do what's right and tell the truth. 
but sometimes in that pursuit of justice or the overall truth, there's some white lies sprinkled in throughout. Right, like we're sustaining a truth that isn't necessarily based on the facts. This kind of notion of truth that isn't that isn't a one to one ratio with what happened. Yeah. More along the lines of, you know, maybe what ought to happen, the complexities of what was happening in the moment. Like when he says, I forgot she was pregnant in that moment, that's a complex place to be because yeah, he's absolutely right. In the court of law, that is a lie. But subjectively as the human experience, that's not not that's not really a lie because yeah. that's just where he was in that moment even as a viewer of this if you would ask me did you know he knew oh my gosh. that you know she was pregnant i'd be like i don't no, know no way i don't no way remember. i could be sure i i really like the idea of like white lies because so many times are we introduced to a lie that seems innocent oh you know i, I was dizzy i fell to cover for my daughter or these things just sprinkled here and they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm mad, so I'm tossing out that you're a thief because, you know, my wife maybe didn't tell me she paid the movers. These disconnects end up coming up and becoming so big yeah. because of this legal battle that it's almost like if you're not morally upstanding and completely honest the whole time, then at least within these absolutionist frames of reference, such as the law, yeah. you're going to have these fallibilities. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely it's risky. This movie really has a good way of kind of spotlighting all this one little mistruth here Can suddenly spiral. becomes yeah, such such a gravitational decision, mm-hmm. especially when it's the charge of murder. It's yeah. like, oh, well, no one here's a murderer. Right, like, yeah, I was trying to get her out of my house. I was upset. Yeah. It's not like I shoved her down the stairs. Which I'm, st- I'm still, like, I don't know. Like, when he was going there, like, when he, look, when he's, he's like, look, 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 there's so much here. There's yeah. so much that we intentionally don't see, which I think was very masterfully done. So much of those small details that I think really helped us in this second viewing, yeah. allowing us to pick up on just so many, so many small things here and there. Everything's chronological, too. That's, that's sort of... Except when we go back and when she reveals, like, oh, I was hit by a car. All the events kind of unfold in real time, Mm, almost. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even then, though, like, that as kind of a reveal. First of all, yeah, when she said, I got hit by a car. Yeah. (sighs) I remember the first time I was watching that and she delivered that. I was like, oh. I was, like, blown away. I was like, so this is. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a well-timed reveal. I did not see it coming at all. And it's like, well, way to just turn the case on the head as we somewhat approach some semblance of a resolution. Like, holy cow. But, you know, that's another thing of, like, a white lie or the withholding of truth. Yes, You know, and those two things kind of really blur and convolute this story where now we're trying to prove that he didn't actually push her down the stairs. We're trying to prove that, oh, that. That's There's different things it. going on and before. You know, how it ties into this divorce that's just happening on the backdrop of that. And the creditors happening on the backdrop of the family we don't right. like immediately follow all the time. You kind of have these external pressures mm-hmm. that are, are compelling these characters to kind of double down on their, quote, lies. Exactly. It's influencing kind of yeah. what they're disclosing, how they're disclosing it. And it certainly blurries any semblance of justice. It does, because when you're in these environments of you know, filing a complaint, trying yeah. to get the law into action... It spoke for me as, like, you're going to be, like, exposed very deeply so that we can understand everything that went into these situations. Because if anything is overlooked or intentionally omitted, that, as we said, completely changes everything. You know, if he knew she was pregnant, it gets elevated to such a higher charge. If we knew that she got hit by a car the day before, that completely changes what could have happened to this child causes of the miscarriage. And it, it also, I think, puts pressure on certain unforeseen things like when the daughter's called in to testify and then she kind of tells a lie as a result of that she definitely lies to cover for her father yeah i like how he didn't prepare her for that yes he definitely 
gave it to her as a way to be like, all right, you make this decision here and I will live with the consequences because I don't want to infringe upon your agency in this moment. But also, I think it's a little unfair. I, I think it's very unfair. Yeah. I think the amount of times he was like, if you think I'm guilty, I'll turn myself in. If you want me to go to the judge and say this thing, I will. And in all of those sequences, I'm pretty sure she just remains silent. So that's like, is she really making a choice here? Is she sticking up for her father because she knows that if she goes the more moral path and tells the truth, he's going to be in prison, yeah. taken away, all of these different things. And then she'll, on a more personal, domestic note, will then have to go live with her mother or whatever she, she's exactly. striving with personally as a result of this divorce that's going right, on as well. Right, like every she time... She might have to move. She might have to move. She might have to do a whole bunch of different things. She might be going to a whole different country, which yeah. we never really exactly get a clear picture of if she actually has any desire to do this. Yeah. She is in such a tough spot this entire film. We see her relationships with her parents evolving very differently where, you know, her and her mom seem pretty contentious. I mean, when she goes to the mom and is like, this is your fault for leaving, I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's not you, idiot. <laughs> that was heavy. But then we see her and her dad, you know, racing up the stairs, yeah. playing foosball. There's lots of heartfelt moments in this. There are. There's a lot of this family still trying to be a family, trying to have working relationships, blocked by so many things, whether that be legal mitigation, influencing and tearing down and tearing in so many people in their lives, or just a lack of listening to one another. I think this movie kind of has, like, a, a terrifying realism to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a sincerity to everything that's going on, where this really, it, you know, I think it, in part is the scale of it. There's not aliens coming from outer space. <laughs> it's you know, legal litigation. Right, these it's are like human domestic, stakes. Domestic, you know, conflict. It's not like, you know, anyone's going to die, but, oh, he might actually go to prison. Like, there's real well, stakes to you know, this, Her too. baby died. Yeah. Which sucks. But, you know, that's, you know, wasn't his fault. <laughs> Sorry, not to, like, you know, diminish it was, the tragedy of that. The culpability is pretty much scattered throughout here, and I really, I really liked that, because I felt like this was a movie where... If the director had wanted to, he could have placed, he could have, you know, made, like, somebody clearly to blame. He could have gone harder on, like, blaming the wife, harder on blaming, like, Razier, some stuff like that. But instead, we really get the sense that everybody has a hand in this because there is no clear-cut blame. You can't say one person is responsible for all these yeah. events. Everyone is acting and reacting according to their circumstances. And yeah, this this is leading to unsavory outcomes, but it can't be boiled down so simply. No, and it also can't be boiled down to one person, really. Exactly. There's such an interwovenness to everyone. I think one of my, my favorite things that the protagonist did, Nader, Nader it, Nader? I think it's it's one of those two. Yeah, I think it's Nader, actually, but, you know, here I am. Nader. Mispronouncing names all throughout all the, the time. season. When they're in litigation for the first time, or maybe the second, and she's ones. explaining, like, oh, I took this job, and it's like, oh, you didn't tell me right. that you were You're going to, and the protagonist kind of steps in, I, the protagonist being the, the male father. Nadir. He, he's like, oh, and I thought she would tell you, or kind of covers Right, like Hojat is, like, there's clearly some things that Hojat didn't know yeah. and did not approve of. And But it's just kind of one of those instances where it's, it's a, a white lie that kind of comes in to... Put a band-aid over to gloss and over maybe some of the unsavory details that aren't completely relevant. But then this movie really extrapolates and explains why those details end <laughs> they up put being pressure, incredibly relevant. And pressure on these moments yeah. of, of disconnection. And subsequently on these characters. Because I feel yes. like at a certain point, they're not... When a, uh, the hot-tempered husband is being you know like arrested again, and he's like, hey, I want to withdraw my complaint. Which Nader steps in. 
Oh, and is like, don't arrest him? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's him going to jail because he's being too ill-tempered. And then both sides now pleading to have mercy on this man who cannot put up that very polite facade that is expected and essentially required in these complex legal systems to be seen as like a valid complainant. Plaintiff, I suppose, yeah. something, yeah. And it, it's kind of kind of upsetting a little bit. It's very upsetting. You know, when you see this difference of class, I think that's yeah. kind of explicitly mentioned throughout. And how, like, oh, you know, just because I can't speak like him doesn't exactly. mean I'm not worthy of consideration. Nader is able to navigate these complex social interactions with that assumed sort of grace, yeah. politeness, very, very, like, demure, very willing to kind of put up with Hojat's yeah. anger, willing to kind of be silent, to listen, to respond concisely, and to distance himself emotionally from these events, partially because he does not have such a ginormous emotional stake in it. So I really liked the movie hitting on that, where politeness gets rewarded and hot-temperedness gets disproportionately punished, because it totally makes sense that Hojat would be this upset, finding out things about his wife he didn't know, yeah. he's he lost a child, he's been yeah. dealing with unemployment, pressures, depression, and out of prison. All of these factors that are making him feel angry, feel like he's been wronged, and, and is not being listened to, it's just so natural to me that he would be so upset and so loud about being upset because no one is, is listening to him. Either, you know, the system itself or, you know, even his wife or anyone. Right, and then it just feels into this terrible thing because the more angry and loud he gets, the less people listen to him, the more he feels like he's not being listened to, and on and on. So... Definitely, you, you see systemic forces, whether that's social convention or I even got kind of, you know, the hint of that like modernity here where he was a cobbler who was great as a craft and now yeah. he doesn't have that much of a place anymore. Yeah. All of these things coming to bear on these people's lives. Even, you know, religious morality. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And how he views Nader and Simon as... Simon? Simon. Simon. As... Don't... Freud doesn't know anything. <laughs> he views them as these kind of like morally destitute, like elite, like upper class that doesn't really care about people like him, doesn't yeah. care about being upstanding because they have these privileges, things like that. And just all of these clashes. I want to really institute Iranian's legal system into our own. Because the idea that me and my like accused slash accuser can just like sit in the same no! room to a guard <laughs> and just like verbally duke it out to like some guy like pushing papers. Some guy being like, please be quiet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. When they're all like handcuffed together on the stairs trying to recreate the scene. That's so that's so funny. Look, man, I that's that how I want my like justice system to look like. Look, look, when when the upstairs neighbor comes in and was like, Yeah, she said she was dizzy and she's like, Yeah, yeah. it's like Ooh! But that's another instance. Bad detail to come out. You know, just this white lie covering really for her daughter anything. yeah exactly and then suddenly because we're in placed in such a higher stakes environment now it has a lot more meaning and we can't ignore that so it, it is just this really this difficult tension between like oh if i'm honest all the time outside of these kind of legal things i'm gonna have undue repercussions because her having to take responsibility for like her daughter taking out the trash would have led to a whole bunch of things yeah. versus like, well, now that it's coming out, now that we're in legal mitigation, it's yeah. so much worse. The reason she even had the, the daughter oh, taking yeah. out the trash to begin with because she was She's taking, so overwhelmed. Yeah, well, she was, you know, taking care of the grandfather, the grandfather and just had all these other things she was juggling at once. These sort of things never should have come back. These sort of things never right. should have been important. Mm -hmm. But now they suddenly are. And it's like, well, what exactly mm -hmm. did we say? What did you say? Oh, exactly. Getting all these details right that nobody would have given as much scrutiny to at all and, and free like almost in the grand scheme of things shouldn't have mattered 
Yeah, like that should have been glossed over because this is somebody in a situation trying to figure it out. And, you know, maybe not taking like the most pure, like platonic ideal way out of it. But it's like, well, how could she even have gotten there? based on where she is you know like that's that's an unrealistic expectation to have of this caregiver i want to compliment this movie for the stress that it induces into me (laughs) yeah when when the grandfather's missing and she's having to like go chase him down like we didn't like that Mm -mm. and when they come back and the grandfather's like tied to the bed like face down on the floor that is freaky it was freaky coming into this as a second time i think speaks to some of its strengths because, first of all, completely forgot she got hit by a car. That yeah. reveal hit as hard as it hit the second time. Yeah. As hard as she got hit by the car. The grandfather face down, I was like, oh my god, does he die? Like, I can't remember. This is so stressful. All of these things, it's just like, each 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 stressful moment does not become less stressful just because you may have an inkling that it's coming again. But it, it's definitely impactful like you can see oh well, yeah exactly i mean you know her stealing the money apparently i mean sure that was definitely like icing on the cake of why he did not want her in the house right now mm-hmm. but there were so many like small things that were like amounting to this this push on to push down the stairs i mean she came back into the house demanding oh my money gosh, yeah. demanded like oh i you know i am not a thief mm-hmm. through my lens when watching that that scene i'm like get out of the house <laughs> you know the first time i saw this movie i was like what like, you're please leave. you're irritating me <laughs> You know, like she had to, she couldn't be labeled a thief. She had, she had her honor. You know, she had like the payment that she kind of deserved. I mean, she ollied out of the house for like half of a day. So I'm like, yeah, do you, you mean, really like get paid for this? No, definitely. And that was another <laughs> thing of like, hey, you need to pay me. I'm like, this I'm is like, not uh, the time for that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, he he very like could have died because yeah. of your negligence. And again, that's not a blame thing because she had to go to the doctor because she was fearful of losing her child. Another yeah. instance of like maybe a situation she was forced into. That all derived from just not being able to you know oh he wandered out without her noticing because she's mm-hmm. busy taking care of so many other things so she's she, uh, she's cleaning like her daughter's dress or whatever when she came back from the garbage and everything because she was covered in right. garbage and it's like these are so many so many like not should have yeah <laughs> we never so should have gotten here so many not should have she should have told the truth about getting hit by a car maybe perhaps you know well i mean that that kind of would have saved Almost the whole thing, if, yeah, if you want to take it from that. From yeah, that but approach. I mean, she was also in a position where, like, she kind of needs the money. By kind of, she means she needs the money. Mm-hmm. You know, her husband's in and out of jail. Well, it is this clash, this legal clash, that really fleshes out so much of the characterization and so many of their values that, you know, I feel like it, it's very difficult for them to have come to the conclusions if they were not put under this much pressure. You know, for example, the, the father coping with his lapses in morality you know those sort of things probably would not have happened had he continued to be a banker or you know even if he wanted to go all the way back like continued having his wife live with him and not needing that caregiver because she could maybe take care of him at night i thought the wife's character was pretty excellent i really liked her you know she was strong she knew what she wanted and she was she was willing to pursue that i also liked that she wasn't inherently antagonizing uh, nadar Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, I want to go seek prospects elsewhere. Right. I, I want my daughter to come with me. I want what's for the best for for the future of our family, for the future yeah. of my daughter. And, you know, I, I thought her motivations were sympathetic, understandable. They all have nobility in differing ways. That doesn't detract from the nobility of each of their intents, That's I, true. I feel. Now, the, the ultimate decision... I was reading a, a Boston Globe review, and it kind of hinted at something that I might not have what was it? Uh, picked up on. It was the in the ending where they're sitting, waiting for the daughter to make her decision mm-hmm. about 
Which who parents were supposed to, to live stay with? with? The parents were in black, and it's sometime afterwards. So I think it's implied that the grandfather has since passed Died. away because he has deteriorated oh, throughout the movie. No, and it's sometime later, like it's summer. Or I whatever, didn't think about which that. Which means at her all. her travel visa it expired. just expired. Yeah, because <gasps> it was it was, it was going yeah because like forty days. days. It to- it totally would have been over in the course of the legal proceedings. Yeah, there's yeah. no way it lasted to that moment. And so now she's oh. staying, but now they're still they're still divorcing because this is their second file of divorce. I think we're yeah. made to understand. And so they now, went through with it you know this this whole process wow. actually like split them apart it no longer yeah. was about you know the grandfather anymore it was just about like you know them like not being able to to live together after i think after seeing each other in this light yeah like what I, I what i think the function of these legal battles really are is is to shine a very intense beam of light on these characters and then see how they act under such scrutiny under such stress so it makes sense that after seeing kind of the dirty bits of one another they would ultimately separate yeah well it's like you know 14 years we've been together he doesn't ask me to stay or something or stuff like that his kind of yeah it definitely feels deeply nuanced and contextualized where like yes their marriage has been in decline for a long time due to him maybe being less passionate or indifferent you know them again having these communication issues where She's not being listened to. He's not being listened to. Oh, they're, they're not, certainly not. Listening they're certainly to not listening other. to one another. Yeah. Each time, every time we see them have a spat or even a conversation, it's like, "Oh, you think this about me?" Like, really? Every time they're in the same room together, it's like they're going to talk. Yeah. They're going to say, "Hi, hi." And yeah, at best, you know, at best, or it's going to go, "Hi, hi." So why'd you kill that baby? Yeah. Oh, you like, uh, murdered a child. Uh, Where were you to see it? Oh my gosh! Yes, it's yeah. like okay, like we are not getting to any common ground here where we can have these like meaningful discussions or learn how to move forward with another we're just going to use what we know as ammunition it really feels like to just like golly get at each other i think nader is kind of perpetually focused on other people's problems and to the point where he's not really proactive about his own like i feel like he's so engrossed in taking care for his daughter and his father is that he doesn't really assert a solution really mm-hmm. ever you know he gives it he leaves it to his daughter like oh, whatever oh, you want too often, or you yeah. know to his wife stay if you want mm-hmm. you know, something like mm-hmm. that he doesn't really actually express what he ever wants well and it feels a lot too that he's kind of not willing to support the people around him as much as he is kind of endorsing them to support him do what you want like stay if you want if yeah. you want to keep supporting me and my father and this family sure you can do that from your own agency your own choice however yeah. like i shall not be weighing in on this explicitly and i think a hey, total dude move by the way <laughs> oh my god like man stuff but also it's by kind of thrusting that into other people's hands it, in a way is closing himself off of them definitely it's like hey i'm gonna put all the weight all the burden yeah all the weight and decision making onto you and then obviously they're going to kind of more or less like with termin she's going to more or less make the decisions that align with what he was kind of interested in anywho yeah because like what is she gonna do turn to her dad mid-study and be like yeah i want to live with mom actually like i hate the no she's no. gonna she's gonna she wants remain to stay silent. together she does and the whole reason according to the mom why she stayed was to make sure that semen did not leave so geez louise so I mean, yeah, I mean, on that thing, I greatly enjoyed this film's exploration of agency, yeah. reflected in many of the different characters, but specifically Termeh, because she is 
a child. She's in sixth grade, you know? She's yeah. very intelligent, very perceptive. Incredibly. And that comes to play when she's recognizing that her father is telling lies. But, you know, she's she didn't ask for any of this. She didn't mm. ask for an angry man to show up at her school and start yelling at her peers that her, her father is a child murderer. Yeah. Or her tutor is a liar and is unholy and all of these things. So I, I really did enjoy sort of her her father's influence to kind of try to be independent you know he he sends her back to like the the man pumping the gas to be like get that money like yeah. he doesn't like he, he didn't pump the gas he doesn't get a tip and then gives her the money and she kind of feels that like inkling of like validation yeah i felt like i felt like that was a moment of kind of like supporting her to stand up for herself a little bit he, he definitely fosters her studies he does these things and she is the entire time making choices and yes they are necessarily constrained by her very unsavory context yeah. but you know she chooses to lie again kind of yeah. forced by her father but she chooses to stay she chooses to forefront her studies and certain aspects of her life and i i did not feel like she was a powerless character buffeted about by this marriage and these legal battles i felt like even though she might not have unlimited choice she's still doing her best to make choices in line with her moral code I really appreciate, like, normally I hate children in movies because they're just, like, emotional, like, backwater, you know, oh, the innocence, like, look what we're ruining. I have, like, three lines at the end to cry about my dad dying. The or, like, future. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, I, I normally just, I, I find them boring. I want to get into the adult topics. But, but here. Think, you know, she very much occupies a very mature space. She does. Makes mature decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and is a mature presence. Mm -hmm. She makes just incredibly mature decisions mm -hmm. and she has plenty of agency. I mean, she's the one doing it. Granted, I mean, she is like heavily influenced. Like, what is she going to do? Like, well, no, send her exactly. father to jail? Like, let's deconstruct agency for a second here because yeah. it's not to imply agency as like, oh, I'm able to make any choices willy-nilly what I want. Agency is something that you exercise in response to your context. And, you know, she's, she's a child. She can't just get up and leave with either parent. She yeah. can't just like go to the judge and be like, yeah, my dad lies. Get him out of here. She's going to try to do what's best. And that's constrained, but it, it's also coming from her. So we see it with her a lot. We definitely see it with the father in his stubbornness, in yes. his conviction that he is not going to yield in this case until he has been proven guilty because to do elsewise would be to admit undue guilt. Again, conflicts with his character, conflicts with his ideals, conflicts with his perception of himself. We see Siemens' agency as... An, an independent woman who is was she a doctor a teacher she was a teacher she, she had she had a she had a, a a good a good profession yeah a very respected job where you know, she was going out it's not like she's relying on her husband or anything they both kind of lead their own lives both, i mean she like helped herself to the money for the the movers I mean, yeah, I feel exactly. like clearly she has, like, say, input, and power in yes. the relationship. Not to mention, I mean, think about how, how often in the beginning of the movie, Natter was like, where does your mom put stuff? Clearly, she, she has dominion over the household, which is pretty characteristically, like, feminine domain, if you want to get into it like that. Only but, technically. Ugh, only, like, socially, I guess. Metaphorically. But, you know, it, it goes to show she has power in different realms. Yeah. She's a working class woman. She, she, she is responsible for many things. She doesn't shirk away from those responsibilities despite his accusations that she turns her head and runs away all the time well i think she bailed him out yeah i think it's just in the broader context of iran and just sort of like different different treatments depending on gender well I, and two i think it is just him being angry and them, oh of course i mean he says a lot of having, things just well, in a fit of anger exactly they both do and that's part of the reason why clearly this marriage was not super working out
The other daughter I thought was a peach. Oh, she was so cute. Yeah. She's definitely causing a bit of ruckus as well. I love it when she's turning No, the that's oxygen. the part that makes me lose my mind. That Talk was, about stressful. That's freaky. That's freaky. Yeah. And he's like, say, yeah, right. oh, please don't. Like, don't touch me now. Please don't. You shouldn't, you, like, you shouldn't be here right now. Like, doing that. Well, I mean, I think that's also part of just... Uh, the irresponsible irresponsibility. And I hesitate to say yeah, that, right? That, because that, it's uh, not like she had another option, really. Yeah, and also it's, uh, you know, you shouldn't have been... Like, little kids do things. Little know? kids do do things. You can't expect a little kid to come into this home and sit quietly in a corner making zero mess. She's yeah. a very young child. She's gonna touch things. She's and, gonna like, tear the trash can down the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's not, like, caregiver 2.0 here to, yeah. like, help you do your job. I thought in the, the scene where they were going to pay the blood money. I, I love that the kid was there and you see the both yeah. kids like lock eyes at the end. Oh, yes. Yes, like the effects of all of this fighting and mm-hmm. all of this stress on the children. Making Termech compromise her morality, making her tell a lie, which as we see in the back of the car, she's very upset about yeah. being pressured into doing. The young daughter, like watching her parents basically fall apart because... Yeah. Raziah was not able to swear in the Quran, was not able to secure this money because she was so afraid of retribution. She was afraid of committing that sin. And then now her and Hojat just completely fracturing. I mean, him yeah. probably going back to prison because he, his creditors are going to take him back. I she, thought that oh, scene was rather heartbreaking when she's like kind of oh telling him about it. Like, yeah. I have doubts. Yeah, and now, I mean, this coming at, like, the moment where, I mean, from his perspective, right, he's about to secure the money, this case is going to be finally closed, and he'll be able to... It goes from about to be finally perfect and squared away and not... Like, finally, we can get back on track, we can have more control of our lives, done with the creditors, done with this litigation, to... To, oh, it is kind of on our end. You know, like, it is, there was a one pivotal non-truth. One detail here, yeah. So that's just, that's excruciating. And then to be the little daughter in the middle of all this, of all this shouting, of all these big personality parents duking yeah. it out. It just, that sucks, bro. The kids, like, man. The kids, man. Like, the kids. And we keep throwing around things of, like, responsibility and agency and shoulds and shouldn'ts. But, you know, they're all pretty frivolous because yeah. of the extremities of these circumstances just being so so damn unsavory it's like yeah you shouldn't have done something but did you have an option elsewise like could you have taken an alternative path and from the perspectives and the slices of life that we get from these characters it seems like no like they really were doing what they thought was best in these moments and yeah that led to some pretty poopy outcomes but they're not at fault for that no they're not at fault for trying it's almost as if there isn't any real fault throughout this. Or at least it's dispersed. I think it would be unfair to paint the entire fault or the sort of origin of the issues on the caregiver. And like, yeah, oh, well, no if way. Were, if I no let the father go, I mean, are we going to blame the grandfather? Are we going to no, blame right. you know, the father for pushing, are we gonna, pushing her out? Are we going to blame Simeon for leaving? Like, yeah. no. Like, all of these things are so interconnected. And they get magnified at varying degrees throughout. And they have years yeah. of precedent behind them. You know, the grandfather was surely around for quite some time. Their 14-year marriage couldn't have been peachy up until this incident. All of these things just compounding again and again and again, enhanced by this legal scrutiny to show us how fractured these people's lives are by the, the positions that they're in. 
you know, being like lower class versus middle class and the disconnection of their reality, not being able to truly understand each other because they're coming from different contexts, having preconceived notions of what the other side is and is about. I love how much time we spent in the backseat of a car. That was fantastic. Yeah. Talk about like an isolated environment. Yeah, they had just a conversation. We're seeing someone's eyes through the rear view mirror <laughs> or something. <laughs> Cars are actually a major trope in Asgard Farhadi. Farhadi? Uh, it's a big movies. thing. Tehran, Tehran traffic features in uh, quite a few Iranian films, actually. Just the kind of mundanity of being stuck in traffic, searching for parking. Well, there's it, there's like a domestic routine to it that there extends is. beyond the house, you know? Yes. And so, yeah, we have all these troubles at home, but they don't just extend to at home. They're right. on the street We've outside your school. In yeah. They're in your school. Yes. You know, they they bleed into the, all these other things. It's also a nice space for people to have like a private conversation or have a conversation but with only those people in the car it's a place to be vulnerable without having to look at each other in the eye yeah because you have a very convenient excuse to look forward oh gosh i love it when he's chasing down the tutor and she puts on sunglasses and turns <laughs> away. oh that was so good i feel bad for her too because she she was literally just there on like that day and now all yeah. of a sudden she's not only getting very upsettingly accosted at work but she's being like <laughs> car chased by her boss too it's like oh man so sorry yeah. this could bleed so heavily into your life so what was your favorite scene um my favorite scene had to be the the final with the blood money where he wow she yeah confesses to him that she's having doubts and he starts striking himself I mean, hey, thank God he didn't start punching anyone else that was good that uh that was nice but it was tragic that you kind of have everything then turned in on him. And yes, now that, that was everything not was nice. going to be fine despite this tragedy. Now yeah. everything's gonna be just the way it is in addition to the tragedy. Worse. Worse yeah. I say. Yeah, now we're on now instead of a track to normality, we're on a track to back to prison, really. We're yeah. on a track to like things devolving back to chaos, back to madness. And I just think the way both the actors played it, um, which is very interesting. Yes. Um the the way this movie was produced, Fahardi had all of his actors be their own characters but mm -hmm. then act out scenes are not in the movie oh. and just act out like impromptu scenes so kind of just putting them through a lot of different maybe like conflicts or yeah. just environments and stuff and he, yeah he those. has a theater background and so he, mm. he holds rehearsal to be a very like necessary I like portion that. of the process and i think it comes out well like all the actors i mean it's not it's a drama it's dramatic oh definitely but it's not flamboyant no it yeah. feels very grounded and yeah. very realistic and, and very embodied. Like, it definitely makes sense what you're saying here, where each actor kind of steps into their character and then rolls with it from there. Because it, it, it felt authentic. It felt like definitely. a very truthful movie. Ironic, considering the amount of times the truth was either obscured or omitted. So what was your favorite scene? Ooh, that's a heavy one. Honest to God, the, the one that just immediately surfaces is the scene where she goes, yeah, I was hit by a car. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> you mean is like... You were what? Yeah, like, oh, you want to, like, bring this up or something? It's like, uh, so, like, let's tell the courts, yeah. And she's yeah. like, you promised you wouldn't tell. You swore you wouldn't tell. Like, yeah. no. And it's like, mm -hmm. Because, yeah, that, that, literally my jaw dropped both times, I'm sure, where I was just like, this changes the game. It certainly does. Now the whole sense of justice is completely thrown off because you were about to have someone arrested for murder. For something that they, they that they really kind of, I guess, didn't have a hand. Or, you know, as much of a hand in. Or really, really any. Kind of I mean, any. If you get hit by a car, that's a lot harder than falling down some steps. Not to diminish that act. You know, yeah, her falling no. down the stairs is still very sucky and yeah. tragic in its own way. But it's definitely, I mean. It's not getting very, hit by a car. At the very least, it takes out any sort of, like, legal 
power. Yes, like from the law's perspective, concerned with these absolutes, it, it would, it would, I feel like, absolve him of that. Yeah, let alone the blood money. And that's a wrap on A Separation. Join us next week for Tel Aviv on Fire, a satirical comedy following a deadbeat Palestinian writer whose career is launched by an Israeli checkpoint officer. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Subtitled Cinema for movie lists, behind-the-scenes content, and other good fun. I'm Kevin. And I'm Michael. And thank you for listening. <laughs>